you are divine. Hello there, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. This is my podcast. If you're unaware, if you're watching the video and not listening to the podcast, my podcast airs every Tuesday and Friday over on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can listen to my podcast. It's called Divine Authenticity. You can search for that or you can search for Chloe Taylor and it will come up. But I do put out new episodes there every Tuesday and Friday, but sometimes like a handful of times a month, I make video renditions of these episodes. So uh, this one in particular does have a video, which you may be watching on YouTube right now. But first and foremost, let's do a little snazzy catch up. Okay, I feel like in the beginning of every episode, if you listen to the podcast, we do a little bit of catching up and then we get into like the tofu or the meat of what we're what what we're here to talk about. So first and foremost, how are all these retrogrades treating you? How are you feeling? Are you good? Are you okay? I feel like the experience that I had over the new moon, it was so this is like, stuff like this makes me a firm believer in astrology, which is great, because that's what we're going to be talking about today. But it makes me such a firm believer in astrology because I can pinpoint where things are happening. So right now we're in Libra season. This talks about our relationships, how we relate to one another, what needs harmonizing and balancing. And this especially rules over romantic partnerships. Libra is uh, the sign of like contracts. So if we talk about like marriage, engagements, um, anything like that, not to mention it's ruled by Venus, which is the planet of love and beauty. So this is where like marriage is ruled over and romantic partnership. And let me just tell you, <laughs> nothing crazy in my house or anything. Don't y'all worry, me and my partner, we are still fantastic. We're still doing good things, making magic together. But I do feel like we kind of got like a reset over the weekend with how we do work with each other because y'all know that six months ago, actually during the Libra full moon, my husband left his corporate job and came to work for Chloe Taylor basically. And he does a lot of the editing, a lot of the social media posting and the, he does like a lot of relational brand managing for Chloe Taylor, um, which is so helpful. And I'm so lucky and grateful to have him. But I feel like there were a lot of points where we just like weren't, our energy was just not matching up. Like we were constantly worried about what the other person was thinking of us. And like, it was just bringing this whole new relationship dynamic to the workforce between us. And I feel like over the weekend, we went through this, like, do we even still want to work together? Or do we not? And we definitely have put some new things in place. And I do feel like even just as of today, there is so much more harmony in our relationship. So um, just to overshare a little bit the way that we do on the podcast, um, I feel like things are actually like so much smoother and working better. And like, it's so cute. We like got up early and journaled together today. Like it has been the vibe. So I do feel like knowing that <laughs> astrology is real. Astrology is real. And I think also like something I left out a detail that I think is important. Um, my husband's career house is in Libra. He's a Capricorn rising. So uh, his career, his midheaven is in Libra, which is like 
you know, leaving his corporate job during a Libra full moon and us kind of changing the way that we work during a Libra new moon. So just so extremely fitting. And the stuff I'm going to teach you today is going to help you be able to know that kind of stuff for you or your partner or your family. If you have access to their rising sign, this is going to be the most accurate and it's how you should chart it. So uh, the stuff I want to talk to you about today, I got a resounding in the last episode I put out that was a video, I got a resounding, please make a podcast on this, uh, moon magic. Y'all wanted to hear about like how to basically use the moon to chart your day-to-day life. And I think I've made episodes in the past about this, but I don't know that I've ever made one that was so complete where I give you examples of how I've done this successfully in my own life and how I've seen it work time and time again. So the first thing I need to say is there are two things that I feel like make this even more like amplified. So number one, you need to know your rising sign. You have to have your birth time in order to get your rising sign. If you plug your information into a chart reader, like I use AstroSeek. That's my favorite website personally. I'll link it down below for you. I use AstroSeek. It's free. You can also come to me for a birth chart. I don't know if I have any in stock right now, but those are something that I do. Um, But basically, you have to have your birth time. If you don't have your birth time and you check birth time unknown, it's going to automatically put you in as an Aries rising. And that doesn't mean you're an Aries rising. You could be if you were born at the time that is specified for that, but you have to have your birth time to get your rising sign. And the rising sign is actually what sets the entire chart up. So This is why astrologers are telling you read your horoscope for your rising sign, because that's actually how you walk through life. And this isn't some like new age astrology thing. Astrology has worked this way since the beginning. The only reason astrologers started doing sun sign horoscopes is because it was easier for people to know their sun signs. Because sometimes, you know, back in the day, we didn't always have birth certificates. We didn't always know the exact minute that somebody was born. And so we couldn't have that kind of accuracy. Now we have the technology to have that. So astrologers aren't just saying, oh, yeah, if you were born during this month, it's oh, if you were born during like this hour at this time on this day. Anyways, that's not what I'm here to explain to you. The thing I'm here to explain to you is it is really important to do this effectively to have your rising sign. If you don't have it, you can go by your sun sign, but you're not going to be able to get it as accurately and to the point as if you had had your rising sign. And there isn't really anything I can say to sugarcoat that, unfortunately. I know that there are some people that maybe you genuinely just don't have access to that information. There, like, there are ways of rectifying charts. I am not skilled in that. So I don't know how to, you might want to even do a little Google search for like how to rectify a chart because apparently there are ways of trying to figure it out. But again, I am not versed in that. So I wouldn't know even the first step to help you. So um, outside of that, though, like just look to your birth certificate, call your mom, you know, get get the information. You're going to need your rising sign for this. And the second thing I want to point out just to any of you that this could apply to, um, the reason that I think moon magic works so well for me 
is because I have what is called a cancer stellium in my chart or stellum. I'm not exactly sure how it's pronounced, which is just three or more placements in cancer, three or more major planets in cancer. And I actually didn't notice this about my chart for the first several years that I was studying astrology. I just didn't like, I don't know, to me, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a Gemini moon, I'm a Taurus sun, I'm a Sagittarius rising. And it's really easy to get caught up in those are the most important things, which they are, I would say the rising is probably the most important in your entire chart. But I just never really paid attention to how I have like outer planets and um, my my Mars and Venus are both in cancer. And then I want to say I actually have like four cancer placements in total. And cancer is ruled by the moon. So if you have an influx of something in your birth chart, that can tell you oftentimes what kind of magic is going to suit you and what is going to come more naturally to you. So moon magic has always been extremely effective for me. I feel the same way if I look at my husband's chart, who has almost a double Capricorn stellium. He was born during the great Capricorn stellium of the nine, 1990. And earth magic extremely beneficial for him. It works probably better than anything else for him. So it can kind of give you a hint as to what magic you might feel naturally inclined to do or work towards or work with. Now, y'all might not have any kind of stellium in your chart and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you can't practice or that you can't be good at this. I'm just saying that it might come a little bit easier to somebody that does. So that's why I think I've had such success with this and why I have such like crazy stories is I've been working with moon cycles for so long and I, I didn't even know that, like I said, when I first started studying astrology, I didn't even know all of that. That came later and I was like, oh, that's really funny because moon magic has always worked really well for me. So in any case, let's get into the nitty gritty of how you even begin to start figuring this out for yourself. It's actually really easy at, excuse me, <laughs> the only thing that you really need to know is A, your rising sign and B, you need to have a breakdown of you can just search this anywhere. I might even put it in the description below for you. So it just makes it easy for you. Um, now remember that yearly this can shift by like a day or so. Because when we talk about this is why I have that whole video that I made on why cusps aren't a thing. I want to say cusps exist in like Vedic astrology, or sidereal astrology. They are not necessarily something that is utilized in tropical astrology, which is what most people in the Western world are doing. Not everybody. There are Vedic astrologers and they are incredible people. Listen to their advice. Listen to their astrology info because they know some ish. But if you are doing tropical astrology, which most of us are, at least like, like I said, if you're in like the Western world or you traditionally know sun sign astrology, that is very tropical. Tropical astrology is what is known, like, especially in like America. Um, and this is why I always will die on the hill that cusps are not real. You can't be a cusp. You can't be, oh, I'm on the, I'm on the Leo Virgo cusp. No, you're not. The sun was either in one sign or it was in another sign. You can't be a dual perspective. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because to figure this stuff out, you do have to know the seasons of the zodiac. So for example, the sun will enter a different sign. So it will go from like Aries is the baby of the zodiac in March. We have Aries season. And then 
Um, it starts at like the end of March, takes us through April until we hit Taurus season. But the reason I'm bringing up the cusp thing is because the sun enters at a different time every year. When it makes the change from Aries to Taurus, it happens at a certain time of that day that year. And it fluctuates throughout the years. So just know that like this could shift by like a day or two every single year. It's not going to be, oh, from the 22nd of March through the 21st of May or no, the 22nd of March through the 21st of April. That's always Aries season. No, sometimes it's the 22nd of March through the 20th of April. It might vary by a day depending on the time that the sun actually enters the sign. Because the stuff that we talk about in astrology it's literally all just mathematical equations. It is all just how the planets, stars, constellations, etc., are how they are making like alignments to us. And so that's why like the mathematical equation of where the sun is in the sky, it happens at a certain time. So this is again why the rising sign is also so important because it's time-based. So Every year, the seasons are going to fluctuate microscopically. You can't say every year it's this day and this day. And also, cusps aren't real. So <laughs> I know. That's the bombshell. I feel like I'm going to get so much hate in my comments for this one. Um, I feel like everybody loves to believe, not everybody, but people that have been told that they are cusps love the idea that they can be a blend of both. And it's hard to break that when you realize that Santa Claus is not real. And oh my God, what do you mean cusps aren't real? I know it's hard to break it. But something that I want you to know, if you're somebody that has referred to yourself as a cusp, you might be like, let's say you're like, oh, I'm an Aries Taurus cusp. You might be somebody that has an Aries sun with a Taurus moon. You might be somebody that's an Aries sun with a Taurus rising. You might be somebody, so you could have like an influx of Taurian energy in your chart with an Aries sun or vice versa. You know, there is, that doesn't make you a cusp. It just means that you have that Taurian influence. And so you might feel like you're a cusp, but really it's like your moon or your rising or your Venus or something is presenting in that sign. I hope that makes sense. Anyways, I'm trying not to derail this too much because I know I'm a Gemini moon and I could talk at y'all forever about a million things. But <laughs> the, the main the main point that I want to get to with this is that knowing your rising sign and knowing what season we are in is all that you need to know. So let's say, for example, you are a Libra rising. Okay. Right now we are in Libra season. If you are a Libra rising right now, you are going through your first house transit. That is the house of the self. It is the house of Aries because Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. Now let's say that you are a Taurus rising during Taurus season in May, end of April into May you would be going through your first house transit. So you need to find basically wherever your rising sign is, whatever sign it's in, you need to identify when that season happens in the year for you. That's going to be like the first thing you want to do is let's say you are a Gemini rising. You're going to type into Google, when is Gemini season? And you're going to get the dates or Gemini season 2022, right? Because the dates fluctuate a little bit. You're going to get the dates. This is how you're going to draw this for yourself. I want you to take a piece of paper. You're going to number on this piece of paper 1 through 12. 
from whatever season your rising sign is in. You're going to write the dates for that. You're going to write the dates. That is your first house. The following month, so let's continue to go with Gemini rising. The following month, so Gemini happens at the end of May, roughly somewhere around the 20th of May. Could be the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Um, Moving through June to the end, around the 20th of June, 22nd, 23rd of June, somewhere in there. That is... Yeah, that is Gemini season. That is your first house. You are going through what would be considered very like Aries-like energy. Aries is the baby of the Zodiac. It's the first. So you're going through physical changes. You're going through your... um, You might be committing to like a new bodily routine. You might see that your outward personality is a little bit more energetic at this time. Usually the first house transit is a really positive time. It's like the sun is also transiting you over your rising. Like the sun is crossing your rising. And it's a time period where like you are the life of the party and everybody wants to be in that energy with you. Um, You might make new social connections. You might be a little bit more extroverted if you're typically an introvert. And from that point, so no matter what your rising sign is, from that point, that season of the year, you count forward. So if we're sticking with Gemini, when Gemini, when we move into cancer season at the end of June, Gemini risings are going to move into their second house transit. The second house is the house of Taurus. Taurus is all about personal finance, possessions, luxury, spoiling yourself a little bit. Um, This is the time period where you're going to see things come up for you that could be great for your finances. Sometimes it can also come with the opposite of that financial loss or dealing with financial problems if your finances aren't where they should be or where you would like them to be. This is the time where you can reinvent that. And then, you know, at the end of cancer season, which would happen at the end of July, we move over into Leo season. During Leo season, uh, Gemini rising is going to be in their third house transit. So basically, you keep going every single month with every zodiac season. You keep going until you hit 12, and then it starts over again. If we were sticking with Gemini risings at the 12th, which would be in Taurus season, right as we enter Gemini season, you would hit your first house again. You would hit that first transit again. And all you really need is A, to figure out where exactly it starts for you. On this paper that I told you to get, 1 through 12, start with, let's say that you're a Sagittarius rising. Hello, squad. That's me. You're a Sagittarius rising in December, late November, early December, Sagittarius season. I'd be going through my first house. And so at the top of my page, I'm going to put Sag season with the Sagittarius dates. That is my first house transit. And then Capricorn season comes after that. Every year, these don't change. Like they might vary by a couple of days, but it always goes Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, uh, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces. That is the order. So, and those are the same every year, but they might vary by a day or two. And so for you, if you're, what was on the horizon at the day, time, place you were born, that is how you walk through life. You start at the first, which whatever your rising sign is, is going to determine that. 
and you continue to walk through life until you hit that 12th sign of Pisces, that 12th. And again, this doesn't mean that during Pisces season, you're having a 12th house transit. No, it's going to be determined by your rising sign when you hit that 12th house. I hope this makes sense. So on your piece of paper, you're going to write the typical dates, though it will vary. How many times can I say that <laughs> in this episode? You're going to write the typical dates for those. And I always say start with one, but like start with one and then go until you hit 12 and just know that it will start over after that. You will start over after that. And I kid you not, you can take this information along with like a pie chart of the different houses. I'll make sure I pop one up on the screen for you here. And each of these segments represents a different house. So the first house always corresponds to Aries. Aries is the baby. Then it goes Taurus is the second. Gemini is the third. Cancer is the fourth. Leo is the fifth. Uh, Virgo is the sixth. These don't change. These are always going to be those houses rulers. And when you're going through those individual transits, so if you're a Sagittarius rising, going through your second house, you hit that second house of Taurus during Capricorn season in December into January, that's where you would hit that. So you would go through financial matters early in the year where somebody that is, <coughs> excuse me, somebody that is a Scorpio rising, let's say, they're not going to hit their Taurus transit. They're not going to hit their Taurus transit until, um, or they actually hit it before you. They're going to hit it while you're going through your first house. Scorpio risings are going to hit their second house during Sagittarius season because they were in their first house transit during Scorpio season. I hope I'm giving you enough examples to decode what I'm saying because I know that this sounds like a bunch of mumbo jumbo. I promise if you actually take the time to write it out on paper, it's going to make way more sense. And I, I could sit here and like tell you all individually, I should make like a PDF at some point. So that'd be really easy to do just like based off of your rising sign, what you can typically look for. Um, but once you have that information, every single season, for the most part, I want to say, there might be like the rare occasion that it doesn't happen because the timing overlaps just ever so slightly. But for the most part, every single season, you will see during Libra season, there's a Libra new moon. During Aries season, there's an Aries new moon. During Taurus season, there's a Taurus new moon. Whenever the new moon, whatever season we are in in the Zodiac, there will be a new moon in that sign. And the full moon... <laughs> is always in the opposing. So basically Aries or Aries and Libra are each other's opposite. Uh, Taurus and Scorpio are each other's opposite. Um, they're always six months apart on the Zodiac wheel. So it's like whatever sits, if you saw the Zodiac wheel, it's always what is directly across is where the full moon is going to be activated. So this month, when this podcast is going out, we have a new moon in Libra that we just had. And the full moon is going to be in Aries, which is Libra's opposite. That is typically how it happens. Um, I want to say there are instances sometimes where we'll get like a double new moon in a sign or a double full moon in a sign, just because of how 
it has timed like it like when we get like those random like blue moons where there's two full moons during something we'll get like two hits of the same stuff uh, is what I'm getting at so sometimes again it's not perfect it's not I mean it is perfect all of it's perfect but you can't say every year this is what happens because sometimes it shifts a little bit so <clears throat> when we're talking about moon magic and how to make this work for you you want to go during the new moon. This is about bringing in the new energy. So I'm a Sagittarius rising during Libra season right now. We just had a new moon in Libra. For me, a Sagittarius rising, I am going through what is considered my 11th house transit. This is the house of Aquarius. Aquarius rules the 11th house. This is all about dreams, hopes, wishes, and authenticity, and also humanity. Like, how can we care more for humanity? And so during this time period, I have some of the best stories with using these methods, using like astrology to amplify your manifestations. I have some of like the best stories for my 11th house transit. One in particular that you maybe have heard me talk about before, but I know that by my analytics, most of the people that watch my videos are not subscribed to my channel. They're not returning subscribers. So if you ever hear me repeat stories, it's because there are a lot of you that show up new. So for the, for the, like basically for that 11th house for myself, right? It's hopes, wishes, dreams. It's referred to sometimes as the wishing house. Um, I also wanted to show this to y'all because I feel like this is the book that taught me everything that I know, not about astrology in total, but everything that I know about using the moon to bring your manifestations into fruition. This book, which if you're listening to the podcast, it's Moonology, Working with the Magic of Lunar Cycles by Yasmin Boland. This book taught me everything I know. And I've read this book cover to cover multiple times. It's a great resource. I will link it down below for you. It will be an affiliate link. No, this is not sponsored, though. That would be really cool. Actually, this video might be sponsored, um, but not by Yasmin Boland. It will be sponsored by uh, somebody else. Um, but um, I will leave this book down below for you because I think it is just such a masterpiece and it breaks down everything I'm talking about with you right now. So the thing is, during the new moon in Libra, I'm going through my 11th house transit, right? So to give you an example of how well this works, I will never forget. This is probably my best story of all the things I've ever manifested. This is my best story. So... <laughs> I don't even know what got me into it, but I was thinking about like travel because the 11th house also does deal with air travel. All of the air signs technically do to a degree. Um, and like, I was thinking about like long-term travel and, you know, I wanted to amplify that intention. Now, mind you, I barely had a dollar to my name at this time. So it wasn't like I could just like book a plane ticket and pay for like an expensive vacation. But knowing that this new moon was here, I really wanted to set the intention of like a beautiful getaway. So 
I sat down, I did some ritual work, which if you want more information on ritual work, I have started hosting manifesting workshops in my Patreon. And there's one that's available. There's two actually that are available on the Patreon right now, uh, where I have one for the Libra new moon, I have one for the Virgo new moon, where I actually help you do this stuff. Because it has worked so well for me that I just want to help other people do it. So if you want more of that, head to the Patreon. But Basically, I got into ritual and I set intention to basically manifest a trip and then I let it go. I was like, you know, it would be so cool to go on a trip, but I let go and I'm open to receive. I'm open to receive whatever happens. And I shit you not, (laughs) not even two weeks later, not even two weeks later, It would have had to have been like within the week, like within the same week, I get an email from Electronic Arts, which I used to do gaming back in the day, if y'all didn't know that. Um, I used to game with Electronic, like I didn't game with them, but I was what was called an EA game changer. And uh, I never became part of like the EA creative whatever I left before then. But uh, they would sometimes do like business trips where they would they fly creators out to test out game products. And I got offered to go all expense paid to London of all places, London, right? And I'm still like in disbelief talking about this because it worked so well. But I get asked to go to London. And mind you, that's fabulous. It was like a three day trip originally. Then I also asked somebody else to go with me. And that person was like, yeah, I want to go with you, but I want to see Italy and France as well. Let's make it 10 days. Let's go for a long time. And they basically paid my way to do the rest of it. So I literally left on that vacation with maybe, maybe $150 to my name. And this vacation easily was over $10,000, like easily, 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 because the tickets themselves that were taken care of um, by like the business trip that I was going on, the tickets for me, not my, not my traveling companion, they paid for their own, but the tickets for me were paid for, for that. So those tickets alone, like traveling internationally, I'm not going to like quote pricing and stuff. Cause I think by contract, I'm not allowed to still like you sign stuff for that, but like, you can imagine, right. You can imagine traveling internationally. If you're from America, not like living over in that area, it's quite costly. And then to get to go to two other locations, all within a 10-day span, I literally had $150 to my name that I probably needed for bills at the time. And I just went and got to experience that, like, I would say it wasn't like the most luxurious vacation I've ever been on in my life, but I would say it was pretty like mid-tier and like who even cares about the luxury? You're literally getting to go on a 10 day excursion through Europe. So that literally happened. Not even like from the time that I did the intention setting with the new moon, bringing in that new energy with, it was a Libra transit for me, the 11th house, not even three weeks before I was on that vacation. Like it worked so unbelievably well. And 
that just like blew my mind because I was I really like didn't set a super precedent for it. But like crazy, right? Crazy. Um, another thing more recently using moon magic as well. Same situation. Um, but different, different transit under a cancer new moon in 2021. Uh, my husband and I were looking to move here to Washington state. Now, mind you, I had a lot of limiting beliefs around what I could attract or on what I could have. I didn't like, I have been through so much of a financial downturn throughout my adult life. Like I have Saturn in the second house. And so I believe that Saturn, it will show you in life where you're a late bloomer. It will show you in life where like, for me, I had friends around me that were more financially secure in the moving into their thirties. I still feel like in my Saturn return right now, I'm still figuring that out. And I feel like I've always kind of been a late bloomer when it came to like managing my finances. And so um, I feel like because of that, I've had like a lot of limiting beliefs around like what I could have, like living in a luxury apartment. Would I even ever be able to have that? Um, Would I ever be able to manifest the home or the space or the move that I desire? Right. And I could talk about the limiting side of this for a long time because I have a lot of hangups, but Ultimately, I got into ritual. I went over this in another podcast episode where I talked about sex magic. My husband and I actually went in on this one together and we did sex magic together. And I have zero shame about this either. I think sex is a, is ultimately very, um, sex is sacred, but it is not sacred in the way that like religion tries to make it. It's sacred, but it's... Um, it's actually highly spiritual. Sex is very spiritual. It is a spiritual experience. And again, not in like an indoctrinated religious way in like a take your own power back kind of way, like take your own energy back, even though you might be sharing that energy with someone else or by yourself, you can also do sex magic by yourself. I've also seen that work really well. Um, If you want to know exactly the details on that, uh, there's a whole other episode up on my podcast that you can listen to. I think it's literally called like how I manifested my home through sex magic. Uh, But me and my partner did sex magic together. And we basically cultivated a ritual around bringing in what we wanted the home that I'm currently in to be like. And when I tell you, you need to be specific with your intentions because you will get what you ask for. I got to the T exactly what I wanted moving here. It fit the budget. It checked every box, every specification, even down to like the privacy, like My last home I didn't feel like was very private. It was on a really busy road and I hated that. Living here, I'm literally like hidden away in trees. And there are other like complexes around me, but they're not hidden in trees, but mine is. So like I got everything I asked for down to a T. Even though I had hangups and limiting beliefs, that didn't really matter. So we like did the sex magic practice and... Um, Then we went to come out here and look for housing. And of course, I was nervous. I was so afraid we wouldn't get the apartment. I'm telling you this because I think many people will put all these intentions into things, but then you immediately feel like you're never going to receive. And ultimately, even if you have limiting beliefs, you can still receive what you've asked for. 
That's something that I will continuously teach is it's not about perfection. Even with magical practice, moon magic, working with astrology, it's not about perfection. I'm a, as Stargirl, the practical witch would say, I am a lazy witch and I will be as lazy as they come to make something happen or to get in tune with the natural cycles of my life to, I don't want to say make it happen, but like, that's almost what magic is, is like kind of using your intention to bring something into fruition as long as it's still in alignment with you. So in any case, I think we waited like two weeks for this application to come back, but we got the apartment and this is the apartment I'm currently residing in. And literally to a T, I was like, I want um, an ensuite. I want a balcony. I want a bathtub and a standing shower. I want, um, it has to have a pantry. It has to have, um, I think I said like not marble countertops, but like the kind of countertops where there's no tile and it's not like vinyl. You know, I wanted like something that was like a rougher, um, a smooth surface, if you will. Um, I wanted a dishwasher because our last apartment didn't have a dishwasher. I wanted it to be quiet. I wanted it to be hidden. I wanted it to be, I wanted to feel safe there. Um, it had to be affordable. It had to like, there were so many specifications that I put into this apartment. The appliances had to be updated. Um, there were so many specifications I put into this apartment and it fit it to a T. I don't think we skimped on anything. Like every single box that I wanted checked for this apartment checked. And unfortunately, it has not been the apartment that I have loved. I actually think this apartment is cursed. Um, not literally, like it's me and one of my besties as a total side note, eight side stories. Um, me and one of my besties always talk about how um, or more recently, I don't know if we always talk about it. Chloe, you're getting ahead of yourself. Not always, but we've talked about it a few times and I totally agree with her. Um, this is her thing, not my thing, but now it's become my thing as well, because I agree that whenever you get like a cursed apartment or a cursed house, your next house is guaranteed to be phenomenal. And I completely agree with that. Every home that I've ever lived in, like I've always had a home be amazing and then a home be cursed and then a home be amazing and then a home be cursed. Not literally cursed, but like cursed, like it just sucks. Like it just sucks. And no matter how good of an intention you had for it, it's just like not everything you anticipated it would be. Like, I don't know if it's just like the energy of the home. I'm not really sure exactly what it is, but like no matter how much I try to decorate this apartment, it just is not it. It just is not it. Even though it checked all the boxes, it's just not it. Um, but that's beside the point. That's a topic for another time. So my point to that is, though, that I had so much hangups about this apartment that we weren't going to get it. There was no way like I wasn't worthy or deserving of this like luxury apartment. Da, 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 da. And then when we got the call that we were going to get it, I was just like in so much disbelief. I couldn't like... I firmly believe that it was all the intention that went into it. It was all the intention that went into it. And on top of that, when we moved, this move was expensive. Like, I'm going to be the first person to tell you it costed a lot of money to move here from where we were living. Like, the move itself, including the moving truck, moving supplies, the gas that it took for the moving truck and our SUV, getting supplies for the cats to take them on a drive that long, um between first month's rent and last month's rent. And like this move was 
probably somewhere around like $15,000. Like this move was expensive. It was not cheap to move here. And we probably could have done it much more budget friendly if we'd wanted to, but we didn't want to. Like both of us were like, no, we're going to try to make this as easy on ourselves as possible. And I felt like at that time, the universe also conspired to like, bring me a raise in my income so that I could afford to do something like that. And it was just crazy how it all worked out. Like, anyways, nuts. So super nuts. And I swear it was all it was the moon magic that made that work the way that it did because we came out here prior to moving for like a long weekend and we found housing. And within like a few months, we moved like we came out here in July and we moved in October 1st. Yeah, three months. So just made it happen. And that I fully attribute to moon magic. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that I've manifested. Those are the two that always come to mind for me when it comes to tracking the moon and like doing work in that way. Um, is there anything else? Was there anything else that like was significant that stands out to me? I can't think of anything else off the top of my head right now. <laughs> and it's been a long day. Honestly, I'm kind of tired. But that is like how to do it. I hope that this breakdown helps you and that you understand that this is actually quite easy. Like once you do it once, once you fill out that one through 12 for yourself once, all you need to do is know the dates of the seasons and you'll be able to figure it out. So super easy. And it's just a really good way to supercharge your intentions. So like every season that you're walking through, there are themes, there are different themes that will come up. So during a, a second house transit, you're going to see financial stuff crop up. During a seventh house transit, you're going to see relationship stuff crop up. During a 12th house transit, you're going to want to go really inward and be with yourself, be more of a homebody, kind of hang back a little bit, evaluate your entire year that you've had and think about what you want before going into your first house again. So you can kind of see also what major themes will come up for you each month. Now, don't get me wrong, no year is a carbon copy of the year before. However, you can almost get it down to a science where you know what kinds of themes will be coming up though. You might deal with them differently. There might be a new set of issues or a new set of gifts or a new set of something, but it's always going to revolve around those same themes. So I'm saying like, even if you looked back over the last year of your life after charting this, see if it tracks, especially if you have a journal, like see if it tracks. I can tell you in my life, it definitely does. And in any case, that is what I have for you. I hope this helps you. If you have any questions, please leave them in the comments section if you're watching the video and I will do my best to get to them and to answer them. Or if I don't answer them, maybe I'll do like a follow-up video where I'll do like a Q&A with this one because I just think that this information is so good. It's too good to not share and help you all to do it yourselves. And that is what I have for you. So if you would like more content from me, please, please, please listen to the podcast, rate the podcast. Um, it's available literally everywhere you listen to podcasts, Divine Authenticity. It's a pride and joy of mine. I love creating the podcast. If you would like to support me and this podcast, make sure that you head over to Patreon. Join the Patreon where you get early access to these videos. Uh, you, As long as they're not sponsored. I don't think I early access the sponsor 
third ones, but um, you get early access to my videos. You get workshops that are based around moon magic. Every single month we've been doing workshops, whether they are live or I pre-record them, you get like a meditation. We go over what the season is about, what's going on. Um, if we do them live, you get to ask questions about your birth chart during those live events. So Join my Patreon if you want that. We also do weekly energy updates, cards of the month. We have a seasonal book club. I love Patreon. Patreon is such a pride and joy of my life, and I love the community that we've built there. So if you want to support these, please make sure that you join. And uh, join the Discord as well. Discord is completely free. It's an app. It's on desktop. Uh, we have a Discord server where you can come and talk to like-minded individuals. We have a witchcraft section if you want to come in and talk about moon magic we have a manifesting or like uplifting section if you just want to talk about things that you've manifested or good news uh, we have an emotional venting place we have um, the astrology cafe if you just want to talk about astrology we have so much good stuff we have a section for you to share your art so anything that suits your fancy you can come and meet like-minded individuals and just come hang out with us we have a good time i am on the discord I would say almost every day, unless I'm taking like personal time away. I am on Discord almost every day, like talking to y'all, seeing how you are, checking in with you. Uh, the month of September, we did a September challenge together, which was really fun. Um, I love the Discord. And I feel like there's other things. Oh, you know, of course, follow my Instagram, my TikTok. It's a vibe. Uh, I'm at Chloe Taylor around the web everywhere. And yeah, I love you very much. Oh, if you'd like to book a personalized reading with me or a birth chart, of course, ChloeTaylor.com for all of your needs. And I love you so much, pumpkin. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And I'll talk to you in the next one. Bye.